Welcome to another episode in our mailbag series, loosely revolving around Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. <laughs> uh, I'm Adam, and with me today are Dave and Megan and Dan. Hi. Dan, why the fuck are you here? It's my house. He lives here. Get the fuck out of here. We're recording this. <laughs> You're, you are not on the schedule. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, guys. Have fun. Bye, Dan. Jesus Fuck. That was nice to see you. All right. So, so the way that this works is three dungeon masters sit down with three uh, D20 tables uh, full of questions that have been sent into us. Now, we have an issue in the past. We've gone through this because whenever we don't get to a question, we carry it over until the next episode. So sometimes when we roll on these and it is random, we end up with questions that were asked two and a half years ago that we've just never gotten around to. It's like a timestamp. Yeah, and then we're like, oh, hey, this person from Instagram, and they've since changed their handle, so that doesn't exist anymore. Like, the whole thing's a mess. Anyway, we're committed to it, so here we are. Um, so the idea here is that I've separated them all out now so that we've got the red table, because um, we have black, white, and red dice, mm. because what's well, black, white, and red all over? This table's... So, um... <laughs> okay. What? Yeah. All right. So there, there was originally a joke, but it was like three years ago, and I don't remember what the punchline I, was. For. I also feel like this should have had a punchline that made more sense, but that's fine. So I, I got ninety percent of the way there and then failed. So uh, I've put on the red table all of the usual suspects. So these are the questions that we get from the regular people that are always asking us. But Pepperina and uh, Alexander and other Skip Davis and Spidey Rich, they're all on this table. These are the ones that we consistently run into 15 of their questions every episode. How do they still have questions for us? Like, I feel like they know us better than we know ourselves at this point. Because some people listen to what we have to say. Oh. We don't, which is just, it makes it interesting. So it's it? mostly judgmental questions of why we say the things that we say. I hope so. Okay. I'm, to be fair, I'm not listening to them either. All right. So Perfect. then we have the black table, which is everything from Instagram and our email. And then we've got the white table, which is everything that came in from Reddit and YouTube. So there are a number of different questions on here. Some of them are D&D &D and technical. Some of them are just completely bizarre. We will answer anything you send in. So send in your questions to any one of the areas where you can reach us through Facebook, Instagram, our email, which is info at itsamimic.com, our subreddit, which is r slash itsamimic, or you can jump into our YouTube page and... Be one of those people that leaves horrible, horrible comments that I have to sift through. Oh, I've yet to look at Reddit. Are we, I don't know. Oh, no, Reddit's great. Those Is people are fine. Good like, yeah. The Reddit people are okay. Yeah. For now. <laughs> Except for that Jeff guy. Anyway, so um, we're going to roll. We're going to do 20 questions by the time that we're done this. We each have a different table in front of us. We each have a die that is a corresponding color with it. But you can choose which table you want to roll on. These are just, we'll each read out from the one table in front of us. So okay. let's roll initiative, though, to see who's going to ask the first question. Okay. 14. Crit fail. Yeah, all right. So Dave's going last. <laughs> so, Megan, which table would you like to roll on? Um. And then choose that die and roll it. Well, let's start off with our, our fan faves on the red table. I wouldn't call them faves, but, I mean, they keep talking to us. So <laughs> 10. Spidey Rich asks, what's your favorite lore not in the books? Favorite lore? Your D&D lore that's not in the 5th edition stuff. So it would have come from previous editions. Oh, that's shit I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad person to ask lore questions to to begin with. <laughs> well, hey, look, we, we said we'd answer them. We didn't say they'd be good answers. Um, all right, so... Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of lore in... I mean, we all play the same game. There's a lot of lore from that game. It's not published. 
So there's a lot of good yeah, stuff in there. Yeah, it's homebrew. What? Everything homebrew that no one else, no one else who's listening knows what it is. <laughs> uh, look, if they're listening to this podcast, they've heard Dan reference it without context for the last like oh, two and a half years. That's true. I'd say probably my favorite piece of lore that is not in the fish the fifth edition books is uh the fact that mind flayers they come from the far realms, but they also come from outer space. And so in theory, the world of Toral, planet the fifth edition, or that Forgotten Realms exists in, is is actually a planet and not just one of these flat Middle Earth realms that exists in most places. I think Eberron's the only other one that's a spherical planet. Yeah. Um, and then whatever Spelljammer gives us. But it's the fact that all of the cosmos and whatnot are technically out in space as well. So these are realms. And you know how Asgard is a planet, but it's also just a... A, a, a realm, floating, a floating barge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in the in the Marvel universe, it it makes me think that the far realms are like that too, where they're just poorly defined and there's just beholders from space. All I could picture in my head when you said that mind flayers were from space was with that Martians from Mars or whatever it was with the the aliens that come down. They have like their brains in their little yeah, yeah. Oh, those. Yes, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Mars attacks. Mars attacks. That's it. Yeah. Don't run. We are your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's all. Now every time I see a mind flayer in a game, that's all I'm going to think about. Now. That is one of my secretly low key favorite movies. Mm. I absolutely love it. Dave, what's your favorite piece of lore? I, you know, I I'm not, not sure I know a lot of lore outside of the main books. But I know that exploring Eberron uh, is just chock full of Eberron lore and history. And it's not technically a real 5th edition published by Wizards book. Well, well, are you an expert on Eberron or something? I know a thing, a thing or two. Or two? Well, okay. I spent some time there. I, in my head, there are three unofficial, semi-official books. Mm. And it is exploring Eberron because it was written by the creator of Eberron. Yeah. Um, but it was published by a third party. Um, the Taldori campaign setting, which is technically in the same realm as the Wildmount book that Wizards released, mm. but it was uh, published by Matt Mercer. And then the uh, Matt Colville book, uh, Strongholds of Followers, which is getting a sequel. I think the Matt Mercer one is getting a sequel, too. There's another Taldorian book coming. I wouldn't be surprised. So there are some there are some books out there that's got some pretty neat lore in it. Of them, although I think Exploring Eberron is probably my favorite. I'm going to say the book a la Adam. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm going to grab uh, the white die. All right. I rolled an eight. Eight. What do we got? <laughs> Groundbreaking top 33 from Reddit says, Adam. Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. I don't like it when they're specifically like targeted <laughs> at us. Yeah. yeah. Have you or would you ever share your world? Bible, in quotations, with the fans. It sounds pretty profound with the two or so times I've heard it mentioned on the episodes. Yeah, we've talked in the past about building pantheons and whatnot, and I really did, I, I created an 80-page freaking Bible that my players have never read except for Dan, um, and never will, and that's perfectly fine. Was that what you sent out at the beginning of the last campaign that we played? Yeah. Oh, I still have a binder of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's a, I would love to do that. You know how we do the Touring the Multiverse series, and we're, we're slowly working it um, up into doing the next round after Eberron. Mm. I think when we get three or four deep, I'm going to pull apart about eight episodes away from that and do my own. I'm just going to dedicate eight episodes of my own Pantheon in there, just out of the fucking blue, so that I can describe it to someone and see if they can make sense of it. Because the Bible is absolutely full of the repetitive has thou kind of language and uh, as it, this and thouest oh yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna go full-on D televangelist here yeah kind of yeah um but uh but the bible that i wrote was 
I, I never liked the idea that there were all of these gods and they were proven to exist. You've met um, Corallon, you've met uh, Mordrin, you've met um, Orcus, and and like all of the big names. Like Orcus isn't really a god, but he is sometimes. Vecna exists. You have bumped into this guy in D&D, but they're contemporaries of Thor as far and like uh, Anubis and whatnot as far as the... Um, player's handbook's concerned mm-hmm. that doesn't sit right with me i'm like why are there all of these different gods from all these different pantheons and and it's sloppy too like this guy's just the god of war but the dwarves have a god of war and so do the orcs don't think about it they're all gods of war we have domains there are only 12 but then we release another book so there's 13 now but the earlier books will not there's only 12 that one doesn't right? count yeah, though so, so it's still 12 it, it only counts <laughs> oh and in eberron the domains aren't really domains they're more of basic ideals but this god is the equivalent of this god even though this one's a god of death and that one's a god of flowers i'm like okay listen fuck how do we make all of this make sense and so i came up with the hierarchy in my head and i'm like fine i'm gonna fix it i'm just gonna uh, i'm making my own head canon on this so i feel like you need now an encyclopedia of all the kinds of flowers that are in your world and the different kinds of trees i don't need another druid at my table <laughs> i would read that i would read that book though yeah. give me that survival companion oh yeah <laughs> all right okay 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 this will be my next project i'm gonna <laughs> And I will, and I will have it make sense. Like I want you to know that you will no longer be rolling survival checks. I'm going to be like, oh, there's a light blue flower with uh, that faces the southeast. Uh, it has seven petals and six red thorns. And it only blooms once every seventeen years. Yeah, and it's directly in front of you. What do you do? I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so you make the barbarian eat it. <laughs> Oh shit, I'm the barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, Dave, what do you got? Oh, we haven't done the black table. 12. 12. Uh, the user Travesty Diner from Reddit asks uh, What are your thoughts on a warlock version of divine intervention? Can warlocks commune with their patron, or is it more of a one way relationship? Oh, it's a one way relationship. Your, your patron gets to decide what happens, you don't. I don't even feel like there's. It's not direct intervention at all. This is a memo from the CEO. Yeah, it's like actually like like addressed to you proper like citation with like subject lines and everything. Like send to all right, yeah. and it just ended up in your inbox. And by the way, now you can cast another cantrip, right? Like that's, that's... And if you accidentally hit reply all, it's not going to go to your to your um Patreon. <laughs> it's going to go to everybody else though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, the thing about warlock patrons is. I see. I got beef with this because all of the really high-powered Fae that we've been given, and um, like genies and whatnot, and mm-hmm. the, the fathomless, they're not high. By the time that you are level twelve, you've outpaced your patron. It feels weird to me. Yeah, I feel like we've talked about that a few times on Warlock episodes, where it feels weird that you are now suddenly more powerful than what you gain your powers from. Yep. And now that they've got like draconic gifts that they've given us in Fizban's Treasury of Dragons as well, there's no like dragon warlock patron mm. and as much as you can have a dragon god that you pray to like Bahamut or Tiamat for a cleric there's now a third way that you can just get boons and gifts from a fucking powerful magical being out there and I'm like I just wish it was streamlined and this doesn't even include all of the tiefling ASMR genasi um, bloodline shit or the dark emo character nonsense yeah or just like the bloodline shit for sorcerers Right? Like, there's so many ways to just get power accidentally. 
All right, I got to level with you. I know who Travesty Diner is, and it's one of my players who plays a warlock. The answer is no. We've discussed this. <laughs> okay? Like, just, just throwing that out there. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all right, I'm going to roll on the black table again. That two. is a two. Colton Adrian asks... Just listened to the D&D movie episode, and it raised a question for Dan. Glad he's glad we kicked him out. Yeah. Fuck you, Dan. I'll answer for him. Yeah. <laughs> now playing the part of Daniel is Megan. <laughs> uh, have you not seen Rick and Morty Season 4, Episode 3, One Crew Flew Over the Cuckoo's Morty? Also, why do you bother Adam? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Is that why do you bother, comma, Adam? Adam? Or why, why do you bother, bother Adam? No, there's no comma. Why do you bother hold on. Adam? You made this table. You could have removed it. <laughs> <laughs> or just added that sentence to thing. <laughs> okay, so have Megan, I guess, have you not seen Rick and Morty season four, episode three, One Flew Over the Crew Who's Morty? Absolutely not. However, I have watched the Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> and it's a piece of artistry. <laughs> That's one word for it. Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, I actually sat down with you, Adam, and we watched the, the movies just before you did that. And I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't watch Rick and Morty. I didn't. You also didn't listen to the episode. So the idea was that um, we sat down and talked about how we would make our own episodes or our own uh, movies in mm. that episode. And Dan wanted to do a heist movie, and so this is this is a direct uh. reference to well, there and Dan Dan and I argued about whether or not a heist movie would be good for a D and D movie or if it should be deeper or more epic or so we went off about that. So Colton Adrian is like, hey, there was a heist episode of Rick and Morty. Have you seen that? Well I mean the first Dungeons and Dragons movie had the heisty go to the maze and find I mean there's always a get the gem yeah yeah Yeah. it's a part of D&D to to break into the dungeon to get the thing, right? Like kill it and get it stuck. And everyone just around the table is like you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. All right, two words. Time heist. Time heist. <laughs> Is that just stealing time? <laughs> Are you just stealing watches from people? Let's not eliminate anything. I like clocks. All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, Never mind. Did, did, no, you, no. did you say clogs? <laughs> See how word. I steered that to rated G? I'm going to roll a die now. <laughs> uh, that is a 12 on the red table. I'll spider you rich again. Uh, what is your favorite mini you own, and what is one you've always wanted? I don't know about... Oh, okay, so they have a pirate ship uh, mini, which is not a freaking mini. It is a big-ass pirate a ship boat. that would, like, take up the majority of your freaking table. It's, like, hundreds of dollars, and I so desperately fucking want it. But we just wrapped our pirate campaign, which is when I was looking at buying that. Mm. And I was... I, I had a freaking piggy bank ready to go i'm just like i'm saving up money i'm gonna get this one day i'm gonna drop it in the middle table and just blow everybody's minds and then we never got it Mm. um but i did buy the other mini that was going to be a part of this big epic battle and that was the kraken mini which i think is my favorite because it comes with all the different tentacles that can pop Mm. up at different points on the map (laughs) and it's like i just i fucking love the i just like krakens we fought that thing didn't we you fought it yeah sure Yeah. yeah you fought it underwater um, which was its own unique wonder. If you guys didn't have a water genasi water druid, <laughs> like, we would have, we'd have died many times. Oh that yeah, campaign, 100%. yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, do you guys collect minis at all? I haven't ever played with minis. We used to use a battle map on the wall, like one of those like chess X wet erase things, and uh, I used to use cardboard or like like Bristol board cut out with like sticky tack to move stuff yeah. around on it. And oh, draw that's on. cute. So. 
I really got a like. I let my guys make their own square because you know the grid they had their, their own, own tile. So they got they got to make their own design their own way, which was great. So they could kind of see where they were from a distance. But all of mine were the same, and I used number one a lot. The tile mark number one. Yeah. <laughs> we have like one through ten, and then like A through M. Right? Yeah, yeah. So one was my favorite. Yeah. But we did a one-off where actually, strangely enough, they fought a kraken, and I got to make my own, which was just a four by four. Yep. You know, piece of paper. Gargantuan, yeah. But I got the tentacles as well to come out and stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, Can you imagine doing that with a 3D? Like, have you seen the Kraken mini? Yeah, yeah, you used yeah. to sit in the corner there. Yeah. yeah. So, Megan, do you have a favorite mini? Uh, so I don't necessarily collect them. I just have a mini for every character I've ever played. <laughs> it's funny, though, because you don't even, you don't even like, hero forge them. You're just like, which one of these pre-existing minis close in the Close enough. And yeah. I think in our last campaign, like, Cora didn't get a mini until, like, the last, like, a mini specifically to her character until the last, like, four weeks of that campaign. Yeah. I played with, like, a dummy, blonde-haired paladin one. I'm like, close enough. There you go. Yeah. But like I do have one particular one that I love and I'll give a shout out to one of my old friends who actually made it for me. I used to play a, we played in a Japanese style fifth edition D&D, but I played a uh, cleric who was part Oni. So she was a demon. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And so that kind of a mini is very hard to find. It's very specific. Yes. So we found a classic like cleric style holding a staff kind of thing. And then he actually like molded it and used putty to give it a different like staff and different hair and different features and stuff like that to actually match my character and then painted it. And it's one of those really nice like metal ones. So you could kill someone with it. Like the, I do, I don't have any metal minis and I so desperately want them. Oh, that's my only, that's the only one that I have is that one. And I will, I will cherish it forever. I will say this. It's not my favorite mini, but you guys have all collectively really let me down all my D and D players, which you two are some of them mm-hmm. because this campaign that we're in now we're like three, four months into it. And I said, all right, everybody go to Hero Forge. We're going to print out these <laughs> minis. And not one of the six fucking players did it. But I did. And I have a mini of myself holding a D20 and a book oh in the two hands that I'm just like waiting to bring to the table. But but none of you guys have minis. I'm like, fine. He's just going to sit in the okay, fucking... Okay, here's, here's collecting the issue. dust. Here's the issue with Mirror Forge as a whole. I cannot make a decision. <laughs> like I just can't. I have re- I have actually remade that character multiple times because I keep thinking of what it could be in the future, not necessarily what she is right now. That's why like, you get like seven of them. We have a three D printer. You we just... have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> we can rebuild her. <laughs> but yeah, so I can't make decisions. That's my problem. I just sit there and stare at me like I don't like it, and then and I move on. <laughs> we still have to introduce Dave to what a computer is. So. Oh yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. Computer. <laughs> Fuck. All right, roll a die. Six. You talk. You're talking to yourself now. Spidey rich. Again. This is why we put them all on one table. Otherwise, <laughs> we would have rolled six spidey rich questions at this point. Uh, best school of magic. Uh, I mean, uh, evocation. I like blowing stuff up. It's, it's just that easy. <laughs> I like enchantment. Enchantment is the most evil. Yeah, I mean, we've That's talked about it many times. That tracks. That tracks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really fits. It really suits. Because like you would think the destroying thing for me, but no, I like the evocation. Like no, sorry, the um, enchantment stuff. I like the mind kerfuckery. I gotta say that necromancy is probably my favorite, just because it's not only a bunch of damage and a bunch of raising shit from the dead, but it's also a lot of your healy stuff. And the game would just suffer without it. You can do damage without evocation. You can charm people without enchantment. I mean, it's rare, but it exists. Mm-hmm. You can't really heal people without 
necromancy. You can't really raise the dead without necromancy. N no, not not so much. There are some healy ways to do it, but necromancy, I'll tell you the worst is conjuration. I just <laughs> like keep your fucking 10 rats off the table. Stop summoning creatures. Yeah. I, Summoners are the bane of my existence. As I don't DM, like yeah. any of them. Guppy. The answer is no. <laughs> I want you to know, for those of you listening, Guppy is one of Dave's players. It's not that someone is summoning guppies onto the battlefield. Do not give him ideas. <laughs> Idea given. It just, yeah, just, just rains tiny fish. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Megan, roll a die. All right, I'm going to roll on my own white dice. What is that, 18? J from YouTube says, and I will say it is, it's just a J. It was just a J, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well done. Bummed this episode, 111 Skeleton Mobs, is the last undead-focused episode. Any chance of covering intelligent undead, like ghouls, ghasts, uh, whites, and mummies? Okay, so I have some insight on this. The idea with the undead was that, so you know how we do every seven episodes is a dragon episode? Yeah. We were about to wrap up all the dragon episodes. We covered everything dragons in 5th edition. We had, I think, two left. Um, and by the time that this episode comes out, we will have aired the last one. And then Fizzban's Treasury of Dragons came out and revitalized that whole series. So there's another, we're going to double that. The idea was it was going to turn into Undead. Mm. So that's why we haven't touched on them in any of the portfolios. And we've only done a couple of mobs with it. Undead is coming. We just don't know what, what format it's going to be in yeah. or what show. We're eventually going to run out of subclasses and, and playable races. It's true. These are going to have to transition into new kinds of shows, new focuses that we're going to hit once every seven episodes. So undead are coming. Um, it's just that, honestly, everybody already knows what a vampire stat block looks like. Uh, if you're interested in liches, you've looked them up. We've already covered zombies and, I mean... The ghosts versus specters versus poltergeists versus shadows. That's an interesting conversation to have. That's a good Halloween episode, I think. Well, and maybe they should be Halloween episodes, but we've already committed warlock patrons to that nonsense for a while now. Yeah. Which yep. is actually when we summoned uh, intern Dave into existence. Hello. So, um... <laughs> We talked about, do you not remember this? We talked about intern Dave being a, a member of the It's a Mimic podcast for like... 25 episodes. I just remember Coffee Bitch, Dave. Uh, well, and then suddenly Dave appeared, but it was on the Great Old Ones Warlock patron episode. Yeah. So I, I literally did the Cthulhu chant and then Dave appeared. Oh. And so we summoned. You can tell by all the tentacles. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm glad this is not a visual platform. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whose turn is it to roll this shit? Uh, okay, that's me. Yeah. I'm going to roll on the white table. Uh, I rolled a one. Womp womp. Oh, on my table? Yeah. Oh, on the, on the white dice table? Bloody One from Reddit asks, Homebrew setting, campaign ends and it's completely destroyed. Impossible to be used after the events of the campaign. You and your table decide to abandon the setting. Do you import NPCs, organizations, or lore to a new homebrew or everything in there is barred from touching your table? Depends on how it died. Yeah. If you are rewriting reality, if, if this is a... How, how can I put this? The What has rewritten reality? So nobody has seen the show, but the show Fringe is one of my favorites. It's, it's solid. And at the end of season three, they wipe a character from existence as if he never appeared at all in the series whatsoever. At which point it changes the entire series and the entire world. And every interaction that he's had never existed in the past. 
but all of the outcomes still existed. So like you're playing with reality warping at that point. If that's how you ended your world, because the world that he was in doesn't exist anymore, then yes, you can play with these pieces. But if you just destroyed everything and broken it all down and whatnot, I mean, Fizban's Treasury of Dragons told us that the multiverse exists. Dragons are now aware of their counterparts in other realities. Mm -hmm. This dragon that exists in Eberron is, a, is aware of its counterpart that exists in the Forgotten Realms. They're both aware of the counterpart that's that exists in Greyhawk and so on and so forth. And if dragons become powerful enough, they get this dragon sense. Yeah. So I, multiverse exists. In theory, you could have alternate versions of, but I would never have it be the exact same NPC. We do this with Bernard the Bard. I was going to say, Bernard the Bard shows up in every one of my campaigns. Yeah. Everyone. But is it slightly different, like every time, or is it, is it that person? No, he's, he is different. I mean, sometimes he'll show up as like a level one guy singing in a bar, never does anything. Mm -hmm. Other times he's a level twenty, shows up and like quest giver kind of murder somebody. Yeah, absolutely. No, it intervenes when they make poor decisions. Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, this is, it's like Clippy. In the yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like your version of Clippy. Exactly. Uh, it looks like you're trying to send a pigeon. Are you sure are you, you would sure? like to? Do, that? Or do you want to write a memo instead? <laughs> has a few of those like even from one one of the who's now a player when he was dming we've got players that he has that you know we import in as well so and we don't really import world but certainly names mm. i also feel like there's just there's so much fucking magic there's no reason why something didn't figure out a way to get out of a world that was under destruction like your group of heroes is not the only group that knows how to do a thing you know what i mean yeah so and, and like i don't know I, I feel like I would if there was somebody or were a part of a world that I absolutely loved and I feel like I would want to reuse, there are a thousand ways you could definitely find to make it and put it into a different existence. Whether it's, to your point, using alternate dimensions or just someone using a teleportation circle and poofs to the moon, like one or the other, right? Yeah, another thing that I've almost done in the past was broken reality with the campaign that you guys, the campaign world that you guys are in, but before either of you were playing in it, um, Terry was a part of it. They went back in time and accidentally nearly met themselves as they were about to go off on the quest and they missed each other by like 20 minutes. I was tracking on the calendar and if they had met that, I'm going to declare paradox and start the campaign over. Right? Was so, it the campaign that I was in? Uh, that you, The last session oh, that, that we campaign. did that campaign. Okay, so, all right. Um, yeah, so that one was... Uh, I was like, I could have met myself? Uh, no. How awful would have that been? <laughs> Whose turn is it to roll? I think that was just I me, think Dave. I think it's me, yeah. 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 I'm going to do a black guy. Okay, oh. we have rolled... All the ones are up right now. It's true. So, it's uh, true. That's ultimate fail. Um, Andrus now 14 asks, How would you change lycanthropy to be more challenging for players? I mean, if you do enough, it's it's challenging enough already. Like, it, it, What do you mean? Like, Well, the problem is at this point is you can just cast Remove Curse and boop, it's done. Sure, but I mean, how... I don't think I've ever had a player take that spell. Uh, no, but I mean, you can go find... It should be available at just about any medium level temple. Hags should be able to do it. Like, you could... There should be someone nearby okay, that can sure. remove it. At that point, I would just do it like... Uh, uh, if it's been X amount of time, it needs to remove curse. If it's, you know... Longer than that, you need to do greater restoration. If it's longer than that, you need to do a wish. It's just <laughs> simple. Has anybody played Elder Scrolls and accidentally turned themselves into a vampire and had to do the quest to unvampire themselves? No. no. It's fucking awful. 
Good. And being, and being, it should be. And being a vampire in that game is awful. Like, it's the worst thing on the planet. So Do you, do you sparkle? You don't sparkle, and you do die when the sun comes out. Good. It's just horrendous. And everybody hates you. If you walk into someone's house, there's no niceries. There's nothing. You're just... You are murdered. And it's just a terrible... Anyways, the quest to get rid of it is just hell in a handbag. So I feel like if, if, like if someone was... Like, if we wanted to have the ability to make it harder to remove the curse, I would just make it a giant long-ass quest that give, then, then gives you the ability to remove the curse. I don't feel like I would let the spell just... Yeah. You know, honestly, when it comes to lycanthropy, because lycanthropy isn't just werewolves, it's where rats and where bats yeah. and where tigers and where I, llamas, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like depending on what the animal is, depending on, on the transformation, have you transformed? Have you met a full moon yet? I bet it's easier to undo before you have your first transformation. Mm, true enough. Right? Have you given into that alignment that you shift into, right? Yeah. Because if you are suddenly chaotic evil and murder a bunch of people, you've given into that, it's going to be harder to break that curse. Yeah. So I would add, not only do they have to cast Remove Curse, but you also have to make a significantly difficult constitution check. A maybe. simple blood sacrifice, perhaps. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whatever it takes. Um, you may, but maybe you have to kill one of the animals that is, like, if you're a were-tiger, you have to sacrifice a tiger as part of this so now you got to go hunt one like i would add these additional things or just a constitution check or save like they they're going to cast remove curse on you you then have to do your part to shake it off all right the same way that you do a concentration check right something like that i would also probably say the longer that you've been in it the harder it is to shake to the point where eventually you just are yeah that well, I also feel like the problem applies to the fact that if your team is fighting someone who is like a werewolf or something, and then also, then the person on your team is like, oh, remove curse. And then they're like, no longer. And then like, the challenge is gone, right? It's, so, a, it's a real problem that it is so fucking easy in D&D. Honestly, if I were going to sit down and, and come up with rules, I would remove lycanthropy to not be a curse anymore. And there would be the spell lycanthropy. There would be a table attached to what it does. Mm. And then you have to be... An eighth level spellcaster to be able to remove it, right? Yeah. Which is pretty fucking high. Not everyone's going to be able to get that. And that takes it from a medium temple to a high powered capital city temple. And by the way, you're also a werewolf trying to eat the shit out of people on the way. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah. So <laughs> whose turn is it? Oh yeah, the triple ones. Megan. Now I'm nervous. If you you need to roll a twenty now. Okay. Did we call it Did four? It. No, it's a four. At Alexander, another Skip Davis asks favorite gaming celebrities. Vin Diesel. <laughs> Boo. I've said his name multiple times on this podcast. <laughs> is there is there a thing we should know about? Is there a little little diesel in your engine? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody want a little diesel in their engine? Is that not how that works? I don't know. How, how many, do cars work? <laughs> how many strokes is your engine, Dave? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he almost answered because he knows the fucking... <laughs> You are a three-stroke kind of boy, Dave? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> oh, my um, God. Okay, so, uh, I don't know. Favorite gaming celebrities? I don't I don't pay attention. There, there are two kinds, there are two I'm not kinds a big of, celebrity person either. No, so. there are two kinds of gaming celebrities. There are the people that are celebrities because they game. The Matt Mercer, the... Try to come up with another one off the top of my head. Um, there's the one. Yeah, that's just the one. No, there's you. We're, uh, we're famous. Are we not famous enough? Not quite. Not yet. Damn it. No. 
And if we ever become famous, we have to kill Terry just so that ego does not take over the world. He already thinks he's famous. <laughs> That's a campaign of its own right there. Um, <laughs> uh, no, there's, I mean, the people that become famous because of the podcast are on. It's the McElroy brothers, right? Yeah. Um, and Who? The, Okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah fine, fine. we don't have, we don't have time to get into it. But then there are the actual celebrities that also play D and D and are and are nerds as well on the side. I think Joseph Gordon Levitt is one of the D and D nerds out there, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of neat. Because in my head, he's still the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. He's not, yeah, the, the <laughs> guy from Looper, right? <laughs> not so, not a serious adult. Yeah, <laughs> always a child, okay. never an adult. Yeah, Looper was the one you went. All right, all right. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. No, you... no, it's fine. Moving on. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Moving on. It is Actually, an Dave, choice. Your, do you have any? No. No. I, I, no. I, just no. Just no. Just no. All right. I'm going to roll on the black table. Another Critical one. Fail. Yeah. All right. So re roll. Ones are off the table. Uh, 13. Travesty Diner again. Uh, these are in alphabetical oh, order. Yeah. You, huh? Yeah. If I cast the Friends Cantrip as a sorcerer and use a subtle spell metamagic option, will the target still know that I cast the spell? Because it says at the end of the Friends Cantrip. As soon as that spell's over, they down. know it and they could be hostile to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it was a subtle spell, metamagic option, will the targets still know that I cast a spell? Or will they just know that someone used magic to influence their decision? Subtle spell, just you don't... There's do no the, verbal or yeah. somatic. So I feel like, yeah, because they're going to know still. Because it's not about them seeing it. You know, they, they didn't see you cast a spell and therefore they know. If you're standing it's, behind them and you and you cast a spell on them, they didn't see it directly. Then. Yeah. yeah. Again, we've had this discussion. The, no. The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that... I, I look at it this way. You, you ever see the... Um, you, I look... Predator, right? We're good, all, we're all of a sudden... You, you go into the Predator uh, head... head uh, like POV, mm-hmm. right? And you can see the... Like, the thermodynamics. Exactly. Yeah. HUD. No, yeah. n- not back then it wasn't. <laughs> it's also one of my favorite like Easter eggs from uh, Cloverfield. Was the guy who carries the camera for the whole movie. His name is HUD. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. They call him like Hudson or something. Well, once at the beginning of the movie, they just call him HUD for the rest of the movie. So anyway, <laughs> Dave's just rolling his eyes and it's beautiful. I hate it and I love it. Yeah. yeah. So no, I feel like when you are, when you have friends cast upon you, that person glows with thermodynamics or has an aura or something that makes them stand out as being different. Therefore, when it wears off, you know. It's in the spell description that it works that way. Yeah, right? I, I don't think they've got a thing. Like, if you were to cast it on one of two guards, I don't think the other guard would know. No. Right? Uh, no, so no, 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 no. So it's only from your perspective okay, that okay. you would see that this would... Sure, okay. So it's not fairy fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. but so... It's also a cantrip. How often are you using it to the point yeah, where that's going to be required? Uh, well, when you never when you never level above level three, you're yeah. going to be relying on it. If I had, <clears throat> if I had a player who was dead set <laughs> on doing it this way, I would probably make them burn like a higher level spell or something. We'll talk later. But the answer is probably still no. Probably still no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you make a case. All right, Dave, roll a die. Stop rolling on the red table. I'm tired 18. of these people. Oh, Pepperina fuck. Sparkle Gem. Oh, Who you fuck. are tired of. It's going to be about dragons. If you were a mimic, what form would you hide as? <gasps> well, Dave, it's your question. Can I just call Codpiece Mimic right yeah, now? Yeah, I was going to say pants. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be somebody's pants. Yeah. <laughs> Not the belt? Vin Diesel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit, I don't know. Um... I, 
I don't know, a, a, a car or something? Like, if it was, like, real life? You know? Yes, yes. Get in. <laughs> and you just eat them? Yeah, like, you do it Jesus. willingly. It's easier. Well, all right. I'd be a pair of glasses. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> eating the eyeballs? Just constantly being carried around, seeing the world from somebody else's point of view every once in a while. You're constantly getting lost because everybody loses their glasses eventually. Well, your name could be Hudson. <laughs> Stop it. The reference was already made. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. In the real world, uh, what's something that everybody... Oh, you know what I would be? I'd be one of those crosswalk buttons. Because <laughs> you just want to be touched all the time? Well, because, you, you know... You see, <laughs> thank you, Dave. <laughs> Jesus. You just touched my fucking Care Bear stare. Fucking <laughs> 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 right there. Like, like mid-mass. I'm very un- uncomfortable. <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't be a crosswalk button. <laughs> I've never heard anybody reference their stomach. <laughs> Well, you'll have to write in to a mailbag episode to finally stop that. <laughs> All right. So, um, no, like, the idea is that you would sit there essentially dormant all day, and then there's when there's that one stupid jogger at 4 a.m. that is out there by themselves and it's still dark out, You, they're going to hit the button, you get to eat them. Because it's all about eating, right? Like, oh. yeah, yeah. So that that would be, I'd be, I'd, I'd be a crosswalk button. <laughs> Whose turn is this? Is Rescue a, me from this shit. Megan, roll it Uh, I will do table. I'll go back my my soul. Two. It's already been rolled, hey. Yes. Four. Uh, Elam Garrick twenty twenty asks. Still my favorite name for anybody that writes in. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, How do I break up with someone? What I mean to ask is, how do I ask players to leave my table if I have too many? I am most comfortable DMing for four players, but I have eight. Ooh. Some of them don't contribute to the group. They turn up for sessions and then just sit around on their phones. How do I ask them to step out of our campaign without damaging our friendship? This right. is this is when you have those serious conversations with your friends. This this is when I'm not kidding when I say this. Every once in a while, one of these questions comes up, and Terry just puts his hands up, like palms out, so Dan and I will be quiet. He's like, "I got this," and he leans in and drops Uncle Terry knowledge on us, and it's not it's it's always decent. But it makes me uncomfortable when he like, he, like you can see him like loosening his tie, his imaginary tie. Mm. And go, all right, it's time to get real now. Oh my god! Yeah, all right, Megan, drop the drop the truth bombs. The truth bombs. I I feel like if you are friends enough, you should be close enough that having a serious conversation with them would be easy enough to have. And it could be just along lines of, are you enjoying yourself? If not, would you like to wait until there's a campaign where we're doing a theme that you'd be more interested in? You seem to be disengaged. Just have those conversations with your friends. I Yeah. on And honestly, I would have it be a public conversation around the table. Or I'm not going to single someone out necessarily, but say, hey, guys, this is unwieldy for me. Mm-hmm. You guys are clearly not having as much fun as possible. Can we split off a second group? Yeah. Yeah. But the only thing I would add to that is that someone else wants to DM. Clearly, yes. yeah, yeah. So I'm, eight players is too much. That is far too many. Too many. Like uh, my L five R campaign was ten, and we played online. How did you manage? So the DM did a really good thing where so everybody got like two turns per game, basically, yeah. and you got to choose who you spoke to, and if it was an NPC or another player, you got to basically choose two scenes that you got to play out. Because it was very role-playing heavy. If you fight in that game, you're doing it wrong. So it's very role-play-esque. So we get two scenes, we do a round robin, and then if you're involved in somebody else's scene, you get some extra play time, blah, 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 blah. Sure. And it worked out really well for that style of game, but it would not have worked for D&D in any way, shape, or form. 
And even that DM playing in that got exhausted. Mm-hmm. And he did end up having the conversation of we're splitting it off. Like we're doing smaller stories, shorter storylines, smaller tables. And then we just had that conversation as a team and said, yeah, we're happy to do that. So can you imagine the sheer amount of prep work it would take just to change? If you're, if you are running a module at one of the published books that is balanced for a four person party, that is a shit ton of extra leg work to mm-hmm. do. That is, that is because as, as I've noticed, the moment you had a sixth player, you are doing exponential work. So it's double what five is. Yeah. Right. And seven is double what six is and eight is double what seven is. So it's getting out of fucking control. I can handle five. All right. I don't like to, I've got six right now. It stresses me. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think if you're not ready to have the conversation of calling somebody out on the fact that they're not engaged and that's the part that's frustrating you. Just which, play on the fact that the table's too large. Yeah, which like clearly is the correct answer there. We we spoke about that way back in like episode nine. Mm-hmm. Pull them aside, have a conversation. Be like, get in or get out, but close the fucking door. Yeah. Right? Like don't just sit there and waste our fucking time. Yeah. So because their time is being wasted too. And they will be happier being more productive or being engaged and being a part of it. Because I'm sure that if he had eight engaged players, this wouldn't be an issue. I feel like if we had eight engaged players, it would be a lot of yelling at that table. Oh, yeah. Like, I can, like, I, I imagine the balance almost that you have some engaged, some not engaged. That's when you have the talking stick. You're only allowed to speak when you're holding the stick. Well, that's why we did scenes. That would not work. <laughs> you would start throwing a stick at people. Yeah. Someone would get hit That's with when the, the pigeon comes out. <laughs> speak, bitch. Oh, uh, okay, so for, for those who don't know. No, no. Leave it there. All right, fine. Yeah, that, right. that's what. And that was when the pigeon came out. <laughs> Uh, white table. 18. 18. Rolled it. Rolled, I am yeah. just shit at this today. 20. Oh, 20. Uh, okay. Miklos Pal Martin Molnar from YouTube says, On the matter of great old one warlock, what about embracing the patron, being its avatar and prophet, not being a public speaker, but by being nice to others and converting them to madness? Tie a creature down, use charm on them, last one hour, no concentration, Use detect thoughts and telepathy to communicate or want information, ask questions, get advantage on roles and read what pops into their head. Being, being their avatar. And that's just a super powered great old one or warlock, right? That's yeah. Yes. You can embrace the patron, right? You can go that extra mile and, and, and use these powers that are clearly designed to be used one way. You can, you can always work it to, to, Fit your own unique flavor of how you want to do it. I've always wanted to be a bard who doesn't sing but does insult stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Stand-up comedian. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that would be so much fun to do um, because you're cutting words and shit is just you mocking the goblins. And be like, oh, and I thought all goblins were short. And then they'd take fucking 1d6 damage. Beholder? I hardly knew her. Yeah, exactly. Stop right. it. So, <laughs> everything about what you said. Take my familiar, please. Right? Like, it's... I hate everything about this. I so want to play that character. So playing, like, an evangelist level warlock is amazing, and I love the idea of doing that. There's nothing saying that you can't think outside the box on this shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just like the idea of doing it, though, and just doing it wrong. Like, you're just really bad at it. I feel like as every one of Dan's characters that he ever makes, is he has this brilliant idea for it, and then he purposefully plays them wrong. 
Oh, I just always play characters that yell at him for it, though. I think that's the only reason why it comes out that way. I think he likes being yelled at. Are you sure those are characters, Megan? I mean, (laughs) I do like yelling at people. (laughs) Um, Who rolled that shit? I rolled that shit. You rolled that. All right. Dave. All right. I will. Stop rolling on the red table. Why? Because it's all the same four idiots. I'm here for it. All right. What idiot are we getting now? 14. Avatar. Idalia. Oh, not an idiot. She she made us a cake once. Uh, well, here we go. Once quarantine is over, what kind of cake do you want? Oh, what kind of cake was it last time? Delicious. It was. Like, yes, I just ate it and it was wonderful. Th- there was a giant like fondant mimic on the top of it. Oh my and god! I mostly ate that and then went home and did one of these. <sighs> oh god, it hurts! Moment okay. for about well, three. Just I... don't ever make that noise, <laughs> referencing when you're home afterwards. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, me. <laughs> um, uh, hot cake. Yeah, I hate cake. I know you do. Cake, Why do you hate cake? Because it's not good. It's a sugar bread. Give me a pie, <laughs> like oh. specifically key lime. All right, <gasps> every key lime pie, the worst key lime pie is better than the best cake. I do love a good key lime pie. I will say this though, that this is Crystal, our our friend. She is an amazing chef mm-hmm. baker. Cook? I don't even know what the word is anymore because I'm now thinking of fondant. Cake provider. C- cake provider. It was a pie that looks like a cake. Cake wizard. She's a cake wizard. Or a cake that looks like a pie so it a fools cake- Dave. Yes. <laughs> that is what I want. A cake that looks like a pie so it fools Dave. <laughs> Damn you. It's a mimic. <laughs> uh, Megan, what do you got for us? All right. I'm going to roll a white dice. That is a nine. Why do I always get the long ones? I'm really bad at reading. Half of these are long ones. I've got a fucking monster. I like this one's name, though. Internal Management. (laughs) 10 (laughs) on Reddit says. Uh, Fifth edition. It supplements in in campaigns. Has almost exclusively focused on Forgotten Realms as its default setting and focus. What pros and cons do you feel this has? If you were to pick a different published setting from the game's history, like Greyhawk, Crayon, Wildmount, etc., which would you want to see used as the basis for monster manuals and backdrop for story modules? Eberron. Uh, yeah, well, we have Dave's <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way now. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, all right. Uh, Megan, what do you think? Honestly, this is not a question I really have the knowledge to answer. Yeah. Um, when I'll tell you this right now. Okay, so the pros and cons of doing it from the Forgotten Realms is that the Forgotten Realms has deep, deep, deep history and lore. It actually covers pretty much everything you're going to need except, like, space flight and steampunk and the magic punk of Eberron. We always call it steampunk, but it isn't. Isn't Eberron steampunk? No, it's magic punk. But <laughs> there's, a, there's a spaceship in Forgotten Realms. There, it, Yes, there are a couple. There are actually like a number of them, but but it's not heavy into that sci-fi feel, but it's generic. You can do like sword and sorcery. You can do sword and board fighting. You can do high magic or low magic or whatever you want, depending on your location in it. You have a million different cults. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of remote weird locations to go through and the reason it's called the forgotten realms is because it's been civilizations built upon long forgotten civilizations that were themselves built upon long forgotten civilizations and so on and so forth all the way back through history to beyond what people remember so there's a lot of good from the forgotten realms the con is that it is so well uh documented that they haven't bothered to document it for 5th edition. So people are completely fucking blind mm-hmm. about what it actually is to play in the Forgotten Realms. Because they will play in Icewind Dale, which is generic cold. 
or Waterdeep, which is generic city. Even though there's a lot of flavor and history here, they just didn't give us that flavor or history. They're expecting you to do your online wiki research or find someone that has, you know, old 3.5 books. There was an entire series of books that were devoted to the Forgotten Realms. Like, twice a year, they would give you an entire campaign module. Mm. Forgotten Realms only. And it was fantastic. It was great. That was when 3.5 was doing all that crazy bloat. Yeah, but... For me personally, if you're not going to do the Forgotten Realms, you have to do Greyhawk because none of the rest of them are as varied. In and they all do city. one thing good. Yeah, well. D- Dark Sun is amazing for what it does, mm. right? Um, the <sighs> Spelljammer is amazing for what it does. Dragonlance is amazing for what it does. Even Theros and, and Ravnica were great for what they were supposed to do. Yeah, but these are these are little bites. They're flavors. They're not a whole world you can build an entire multi-year campaigns, multi-campaigns, multi-module system based around. The monster manual for... I wish they'd give us a, a full monster manual that would include... Um, you know they're going to do a re-release of all the shit in 2024? Yeah. Right? I want them to have, for every one of them, in the lore section for every fucking monster, one paragraph of what is different between this, between the Forgotten Realms one, and the one in Eberron, the one in Dark Sun, the one in and Greyhawk, the one in... And, and they just list it. So there's a half page of, when you're using goblins here, they are different. Now they're neutral good, or they're barbarian tribes, or they're whatever it takes, right? Yeah. And do it that way. That's we like. I, I want a comprehensive series of monster manuals that is going to give that to us. But otherwise, Forgotten Realms is the default fantasy setting because you can plunk any one of those pieces of information into any other setting, and you're not going to break it. Hmm. You can't do that with the stuff in Eberron. There's too oh, many. God, no. There's too many weird shit from the Dreamlands, and there's you can't do that from Theros because they're all based around the gods. But you can do that from the Forgotten Realms. Hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. It's a little too cookie cutter for my taste. I did. I don't. I think the dragons and the beholders and the aboliths suck in fifth edition, but they're cookie cutter enough that anyone can use them, and that's a pro. I feel that's my curse though, because I started on fourth and fifth edition, so I did, and I did not take the time to go back and do any kind of extra research. I just go by what is in my fifth edition manuals. Yeah, but do you have fun running that though, Heck the way yeah. it is? Yeah, so that's a pro. Right? You don't need to do that that additional information. They have enough in there for you. Yes, me as me is who I am. That's well, all I need. <laughs> which is for most people, right? Yeah. Who, who rolled that? I did. You rolled that. It's my turn. Um, white table again. No, let's knock off some of this red table nonsense. Uh, that is a sixteen. Pepperina Sparkle Gem. Fantastic. Shit. What is your favorite homebrew rule? Uh, my favorite homebrew rule, it has worked well for me and everything, is that a health potion is based on your hit dice plus your constitution. Smart. I like that. Yeah. There's uh, no... You know what? Stolen. Yeah. I, that just needs to... It keeps it fair, right? It's It's magical anyway, so I don't need to justify this with ingredients and shit. It just is a potential percentage of your hit points. Yeah, I like it. Mm. It's easy, simple. Yeah, what's yours? I like the whole, and I guess it was a variant rule, but we have always done three 20s in a row is an automatic kill. Oh, really? Doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. It's like getting a turkey in bowling. The dice have spoken. Yeah, they must (laughs) die. (laughs) And and, I mean, we we came up with that because in 3.5, 
when you critical, you have to confirm your critical. Okay, so you got to roll it again. And if you got another 20, then everything stops. Mm-hmm. And that extra, that bonus third roll happens. And you see if it's successful. Which it never has been. Except for that one time when I was rolling criticals against a player. <laughs> oh. And killed a player with that. Because, like, that's the rule, guys. Hey. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Mm. And he was fine with it. So. Yeah, it, it, that has to be the way it is. With the exception of crit tables, if a player can do it, an NPC can do it. Yep. I don't let... Crit tables don't... That would just create fucking madness. Right? But I agree with you on that. Plus... The math on that breaks down to be you have a one in eight thousand chance. Oh yeah, it's to line that up. Yeah, so, infinitesimal. Well, that, you're going to see it twice in your life. Yeah. Yep. But it'll be fucking memorable. It'll be great when it happens. Oh it's yeah, we still joke rule. about it. I have two actually, and weirdly both are from Adam's campaigns. One is that when you die, you if you come back to life, you have a scar. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool because my character burned to death and then came back to life and then she just was looked awful. Like a topographical yeah. map of Utah? <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. Not great. Yeah. And then the other one is talking about crits, the crit tables that you make that are custom to like the games that we're playing, which is basically when, if you roll a crit, then you get to roll a crit dice, which gives you an added bonus on top of it. But balanced out by if you crit fail, there's also a crit fail table that makes it be extra terrible happen, which I think adds a... Fun flavor to the game. But the big difference between my crit tables and other people's crit tables are you should never, ever, ever die or get an instant kill off of one of these crit tables yeah. just as a, as a base. Yeah. You should never change the outcome of the fucking game or determine whether or not somebody lives or dies. There may be a couple of outliers in very specific circumstances, but I, I don't like this, oh, you rolled a one on your crit fail table, you die. Or, like, you rolled a 10, you, you bury your weapon in the back of the skull of your nearest ally. Like, who, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, mine was when Dan shot my character in the leg with a crit, and her leg got lobbed off. <laughs> that, that has since been removed from the crit tables, because that was the second time that it happened in one of my campaigns. From a PC to a PC, which yeah. was a great time for everybody. Well, because yeah. only PCs can roll on my crit tables, yeah, right? Yeah. So, yeah, when it's PvP, some shit. We said yes happen. to PvP, and I regret it because I lost yeah. a leg. But that's fine. Uh, who's it? Is it me? I think it's me. No, no. yeah, it's Dave. Okay. Uh, let's do that one. Block table number eight. M.V.Willems asks If Wizards came out with a Norse campaign setting, what could it be? And what would the big bad evil guy be? Fenrir. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. Uh, I mean,. I don't know a lot about it. I mean, Jormungandr could Would be, be up there. Yeah, it's the fucking snake that swallows the world. Um, I so. did build a Norse world at I know one you point did. a long time ago. But it was very much based on, like, cults following pantheons and then, like... Well, the Norse pantheon is listed as a viable pantheon in the player's handbook. Yeah. So. Honestly, I'd probably just look at, you know, how Theros does it and just reskin the gods to be... Norse instead of they they feel more Greek to me than anything. I mean yeah, 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 yeah. you you could reskin it, but I I want that snow. I want the I put a whole lot of emphasis on giants. Yeah. Yeah, fair. I think that I think it's entirely viable. I think you need to do your own campaign setting for it to make it properly work. And it would be nomadic barbarian ranger. You're basically making God of War. This is what we're making right now. Like <laughs> Well, you know what? I guess, right? Like, in, to, to a certain degree. The Norse mythology is, A, wonderful and rich and untapped as far as, like, pop culture has 
dug into it. Like, everybody knows the Egyptian gods, everybody knows the Greek gods, and most people know the Romans, especially if you know your planets, right? Like, there's a lot of that. There's not a whole lot for Greek gods, or for uh, Norse gods out there, by comparison. However, the fact that they've been co-opted by a lot of the uh, hate groups down in the south... That's like Sons of Odin and shit are just like, it's not something I want to like, be associated with. It's like, thanks for ruining with. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So, Love that for us. So I'd be, I'd be careful about running cults in that fucking... Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's turn it? Now it's that, your turn? Is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Um, let's just do more of these. More red. Yeah. Let's just get rid of these. Eight. We have hit only even numbers. We've done 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, and 18 on Lit- the red table. Literally. Uh, but no, that's the first that's time fr- that we've okay. seen. Okay, yeah. all right. Fighty Rich, uh, out of all Wizards of the Coast NPCs, which one is your favorite and why? You were on the NPC episode, so... Uh, there were a fuck ton uh, yeah. of them. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think... Uh... I didn't remember what my answer was during that episode. <laughs> That's where oh, we I'm were at right so now. burned out by the end of that episode. There was so much happening. We did in that go one. through a lot that day. One of you can answer first. I'll think about it. My favorite NPC from a Wizards of the Coast product is probably going to be from Eberron, and it's going to be the Daughters of Sorakel. I fucking love me some hags. You do love hags. I fucking love hags. Have a good summer. <laughs> <laughs> and those three. Those three run a country, Megan, for monsters, and it functions better than all the other ones yeah. because they've got the right monsters with the right set of skills doing the right things. And so it, like, thrives as a nation, and it, like, pisses off all of the fucking... Oh, yeah, they're trying to become the, th- the 13th nation on the continent. And like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Do you know... Remember when we were doing Throwing the Multiverse, Dave, and, and I said, you notice everything's in groups of 13, there's 13 nations, there's... There were 13 um, houses with dragon marks. There were 13. It was all of this all the way through. Do you know why 13 is a thing? Why? This is a legit reason that someone, one of the YouTube comments told me about. I've been waiting to, for this Just to, to screw up. with people who have triskaidekaphobia or whatever the no, hell it no, is? No, 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 no. Because who wrote Eberron? Oh my God, it's a baker's dozen. That's exactly what it is. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly 100% why, because it is the baker's That's dozen. bullshit and I love it. Because Keith Baker wrote Eberron. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Huh. So, um, right. so who's your favorite NPC then, Dave? Uh, you know, I don't know. There's, they all, not all of them. A lot of them have just very like particular things they do. Every, yeah, a lot of right? them are one trick so, ponies. Um, I mean, I like the guy, you know, Hadar, who decided to sit down and make a spell that is just like a bitch slap repeatedly. Right, like the arms of Hadar. I, I appreciate <laughs> that someone sat down and figured that out. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna math this out. And see how like, much that how guy. Bad I want to buy him a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should probably buy him dinner because I hear he's hungry too. <laughs> just devo- yeah. I don't have a favorite. No, honestly. you don't have a favorite. I don't. Okay. I, on, honestly, I think probably overall my favorite is Dernan from the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Just because you can use him in everything. He doesn't. Like I've never been able to figure out he's what his last name is. He's the barkeep at, uh, at the Yelling uh, Portal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's like. Low key ex adventurer with a crazy legendary weapon. Uh, he knows some shit. Oh, yeah. he has seen some shit. He, you know, that he's probably immortal and like undercover. Bartender, like, bouncer, whole nine yards. Yeah, like he, he Dernan has yeah. got some mystery to him. He's and probably like not it. actually a single person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, he's three kobolds in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Just constantly using that. That is canon now. Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you can actually get those stats in Icewind Dale because they have that as a thing that happens as kobolds in, in winter wear. I love this and I need it in a campaign somewhere for me to enjoy. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to roll in the black table. All right. Uh, which is me talking to myself. 13. I already did that one. God damn it. Travesty Diner, you son of a bitch. It's a travesty. Yeah. Uh, seven. So, this is Matthew Easterling. Every time that he writes into us, Terry says, it's Matt the Weasterling. And I <laughs> fucking love it. He asks, who is laying down that fat bass line in the podcast intro? That would be Corey. We actually uh, credit him in the show notes of every episode. Thanks for not reading the show notes, dick. <laughs> so no, so uh, Corey is one of Dan's uh, oldest and and one of his his um, good friends and they uh, I think they used to jam together. Dan plays the bass as well, so that's like that's kind of the connection that they have. Band nerds. Yeah, and so way back when we were thinking about it's a mimic and starting it up, uh, I wanted something a little bit funky for a bass line, something that would be distinct from the standard. You know, fantasy shit that everybody else is doing on their podcast. So I'm like, give me, give me some funk. I want funk. And he's like, or you're not going to get funk. It's not going to be porn music, but we're going to do something. That's pretty close. Slapping the bass. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. So um, Dan went away and uh, came back with, I think that was our third try coming up with an intro. And so he gave us that and the outro music all in one sitting. And I fucking love it. All right. When do we get to hear the first two? Um, I think everyone has heard the first one in the background of some commercials um, oh. a couple of years ago. We were using it as, as commercial music for a while. And the second one was, I don't remember why we didn't use it, but I... It was just Terry crying into a microphone. <laughs> I would listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <On> <laughs> well, we would have included that. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been transition music seven or eight times per episode. Yes, so. it's a soprano edit. <laughs> um... Let me see. What was the other thing? Oh, Corey also gave us the uh, campaign builder music, which we fucking worked that one back and forth with him a bunch. But now we have uh, Tyler who does all of our music and stuff moving forward. So he's got a whole bunch of audio editing shit that he does. He does all of our Call of Cthulhu. I was going to say who did our Call of Cthulhu one because that was really good. Uh, Yeah, that was Tyler. And he's he did the um, touring the multiverse. Uh, and so he's excited about not just doing music, but adding sound effects and shit into it too. And uh, we have him now as one of our editors and he's doing a great job. He's better at it than I am. So we're, uh, we're pretty fortunate with our audio engineers. The other one that I didn't name drop is Travis, but I'm sure he's not going to listen to this episode because he's not editing it. So fuck you, Travis. Hey, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please don't get out, Travis. We need you. (laughs) So he's, he's our actual like legit sound engineer. And anytime that we have an episode that is completely destroyed and we have fucked up the audio settings during recording, we're like, Travis, we got, we we burned this episode. We got to do a new one. He will then take it, fix it, give it back and say, all right, so what did we do wrong? (laughs) Tell me what went wrong with this one. Thank you. Yeah. And then he says a bunch of stuff and I glaze over and Dan nods like he knows what he's talking about. And then we do it again next week. (laughs) (laughs) So who rolled that? You You did. did. I rolled that. You didn't cross it out. There it is. Can you keep it? crossed out. Thank you. (laughs) You know what? I'm tired of you guys already. How many have we done so far? Uh, Two, four, six, eight. I've got six on mine. That's 14, so that's 18. One, two, three, four, five on mine. Oh, five. Okay, so that's 19. So... Are you the last question? We probably didn't actually freaking cross one of these off. No, 
Yep, that was me. Whoop, whoop. That was the last question. Okay. So there we go. That is the end of the episode. That is 20. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm doing another one. Oh, okay. Five. That was aggressive. On the red table. Alexander Another Skip Davis asks, what edition did you guys all start in? Uh, 3.0. Four. No, I started off in 3.5 and then backtracked to 3.0. Yeah. And then dabbled in AD&D for a weekend. Yeah. And then I think I spent most of my time playing 4th edition until about four years ago. When I started, we were looking at the 3rd edition PHB, which I still have. It's actually up at your house. Yeah. And uh, I actually have a big sticky note on it now that says, do not use this one. Yeah. Mm. But we started with that one and then we made our characters and then I think it was Russell was like, oh, hold on, guys. No. 3.5. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, That makes more sense. So. No, I played, my first campaign was in four. I didn't really enjoy it. It might have been the, the people I was playing with. And then I played with another group that backtracked to 3.5. Also didn't enjoy it. it probably was the people so, I was playing with. so granular. Yeah. And then fifth edition came out and then I started, that was when I started to really understand the game and like what the hell I was supposed to be doing with it. Well, I like to summarize it essentially as being AD&D was for war gamers, more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, three and 3.5 were... Really for rules lawyers, people that wanted to get really into the rules. Yeah, yeah. Mm. These are people that wanted to win at D&D. Yeah. Uh, fourth edition was they gamified it. This It stopped being in feet and started to be in squares. Everybody had powers and nobody had spells, mm-hmm. right? So even fighters had special like superpowers. And so it felt very superhero World of Warcraft kind of feeling to RPGers, it. RPGers, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, fifth edition has been role-playing. It's role-play heavy. With, by the way, here are some mechanics that'll make sense if you don't look at it, and we don't balance our fucking encounters. Yeah. Hi, we're wizards. How are you? Well, I, I enjoy the role play side of it. So. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think, I think it was the right call. Streamlining everything, and the fact that they're going to release a brand new, like, update to the rules and give us, God knows what they're going to call it, but 5.5 should be coming out around the corner. Yeah. Um, which will complicate the fuck out of this podcast, but we're going to burn that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. Well, it's, uh... So... Yeah, I mean. By then, I'm going to quit and make this all. It's a mimic 5.5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So that wraps up this mailbag episode. You can reach out to us at any one of the different platforms. We're on Instagram. It's a mimic there. Um, we have our info at itsamimic.com. Uh, email address. We're at r slash itsamimic on Reddit. You can find our It's a Mimic channel on YouTube. And of course, you can harass us on Facebook as well. We will occasionally look at that. But send us more mailbag episodes. We're always thrilled to get more. We will answer absolutely anything. If you want to hear more about uh, Crick Tables, I think I actually will post a link about them on the Reddit. I think I already have, but I'll, I'll post it again. Just sticky it for a week or so. <laughs> the problem is if I sticky it for a week, then it kicks off one of the other stickies and we need those. Can we stop calling sticky it? <laughs> no, that's what the, that's what the you depend on Reddit. Yeah. Um, Put so, a pin in it. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, send us more mailbag episodes, and uh, you can check out our website at www.itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening. 
You guys want to do a post-credit thing where you read more? Because I just feel like this is... I think you're going to like this one. Andre Nikolai from YouTube says, Nice work, but I want to point out one thing. Stop calling Eberron a steampunky world. (laughs) There's no steampunk. There's no steam at all. (laughs) All technology is magic-based, so you could call it magic punk at best. Furthermore, Keith Baker dislikes it when you call it steampunk. (laughs) I dislike it when Keith Baker makes Baker's dozen puns. (laughs) So you know what? We'll call it even, okay? Uh, All right, so Dave got his extra, Megan got her extra. Um, I want to do another extra. Can I do an extra extra? Yeah. All right. Uh, Number 19 here. Uh, This is from like two and a half years ago. Dave has been salivating over this the entire fucking episode. Uh, A very beautiful human uh, asks... No. No, sorry. Coffee bitch Dave asks, when does he get a damned promotion? Oh. When he goddamn fucking earns it. <laughs> when you step up and edit an episode for a goddamn change. I, no. <laughs> it's okay, I'm never going to get promoted either. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, we have at this point Male Slave Brad, which we keep changing the spelling of male depending on how we... <laughs> how you feel that day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Coffee Bitch Dave, who then disappeared for the last like four months of recording, so he became decaf coffee bitch Dave. Oh, I like that. (laughs) And and then we also have totally normal Megan. Yes. Yes, totally. Totally totally normal. Normal. Don't look her in the eye. We're going to have to get some new names for some of these other people now too. Like.